All right. I haven't left the house much. Uh, yeah, neither have we. I well, go but, out. No, 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 start, because I was going to ask. That was, I was going to open the show. That was my okay. question. Well, then let me start. So you can ask your question that I think I can give you an answer to now <laughs> and then give you the same answer. Uh, when no, you I, ask. Have a, I have a, a, a segue, I, you know. So you're I, not really going to ask me the question out of concern. It's to shape a direction you're going. Correct. You have a story you want to tell. No. But instead of just telling it, you're going to act like you're just, it's a banter with me. Yes. All right. Isn't that what I always do? I was gonna. I was just about to ask. Is that what you always do? That's Since what I always try. Nineteen ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> Since nineteen ninety three, exactly. Wow. Huh. Well, maybe suddenly I've gone out a lot, and that'll ruin your story. <laughs> that, that's fine too. I think. I haven't. I haven't gone anywhere. Okay. Since nineteen ninety three. Hey everyone, ever, and welcome to twentieth century pop. Really? Here's why. Here's what why happened? I'm stopping. I was so set to go, hey there, everybody, for some reason. <laughs> and to push through with it. But um, but I didn't. But then in my head, I heard, hey there, everybody. And I was like, I might Kermit the Frog. <laughs> That'd be a dumb way to start. <laughs> Only because I don't, hey there. Yeah. Hey, is, it's bad enough. Hey, everyone ever is bad enough. It's dumb enough. <laughs> But be like, hey there, everybody. That, <laughs> the fuck? Anytime, but I haven't gone 114, 115 episodes plus bonus episodes. Yeah, that would have been dumb. That would have been a weird, yeah. A weird or dumb? I, th- I think it would have thrown everything it, off. It, it would have, I would have seen it as weird. You would have. But I don't, I don't, I, I would have carried on. I was okay. ready to carry on. You're, I didn't do it. So of course you're ready to carry on. <laughs> I guess that's true. Are you true. psychic? I guess that's true. On the astral plane, I could have done it. Or here. All right. Well, then we'll do it for real. All right. Hey, hey, hey there, everyone. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That time I forgot how it went. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And how microphones work, I think. Was it? And how microphones work. You forgot how microphones work. You yes, got closer, I, didn't you? I, I Did I? Oh, that's because yeah. I was laughing at my stupidity. <clears throat> the stupidity. I should probably type this out. No, I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> hey, everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. Is that and making fun Tim. of me? Is that mocking me? It was, it was mocking deliver- a little bit. Because I said my name? Well, I mean, you, I, I can sense that you're trying very hard to say the words that you're supposed to say and not say additional words. And like, not medicinal hey, words? it's there. That's so. true. I wanted to vary it up. Well, that's the the trick with having a mechanical opening. Is yeah. the moment it's easy to do. It's a good, you know, it's mechanical. It's an opening thing. It's like, that way we know how to start. But every now and then to really think about it, it, it you can think about it too much. Right. And yeah, you want to you want to just why? What am I doing here? No, you're <laughs> just explaining how we open the show, much like you do when we close the show. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! So now it's now I'm doing a bit <laughs> on both ends. God. Hey, that's all right, though. 
That's yeah. all right. It's been three weeks, Tim. But I mean, not not for the listeners. I, since we've recorded, sure. But How long has it pr- been for the listeners? Will it have been two well, there was weeks? A, you know, there was a rerun episode two okay. weeks ago. Last right. week, there was an episode for, you know, a show that didn't happen. And uh, I guess that's three weeks. I guess you're exactly right. I'm exactly right, as usual. Hmm. That's a... That was more at the end of your sentence than what I said, but but that's okay. That is okay. How are you, by the I'm, way? I'm in these good. Past three I'm, weeks? I'm, I'm pretty good. I've got some allergies going on, but I'm, I'm I'm other than that, can't think of anything that would be in any way impacting me. I'm good. I'm pretty good. 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 I was good. Gonna... Hey, I'm good. <laughs> good. Pretty good, Bob. Yeah. Pretty good on this end of the microphone. Yep, the good end. The good end. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're good. It, I, yeah. It's good to be good. <laughs> There's a sure. bumper sticker. Do you drive a car? Are you gonna put that on your car? Um, no, I'm not gonna put anything on this car. I had some things on my other car, but this yeah. car is newer. And... That's the opposite of a Huey Lewis song, huh? Say that again. Uh, good is good. That's bad as bad. Yes, that's that's what the opposite would be. Right. Yeah. Well, not exactly, but we won't get into that. That, that is that, exactly that should be its, what an opposite is. Well, but no, bad is bad is is bad, whereas good is good is still good. I don't so know. I'd have to get a chart. I'd have to get a chart for that because okay. bad. When you say bad, he means that it's good, but sometimes when you say that it's good, it's actually bad. Things going pretty bad for you. Things have not been great. Have they been good? They've been okay. Okay. I'll say they're okay. Nothing I said. Um, Moving on, Tim. I was going to ask you if you've been getting (laughs) out. Moving on. If you've been getting out lately. Oh, this is a different (laughs) show? Continuing with the show. Have I gotten out recently? Is that what you're asking? That's what I was asking. Have you Uh, been been out? I was out briefly today. We get um, the restaurant that we used to go to that now is working almost like a market, and we get some nice groceries from them and i go and pick them up they bring them outside i pick them up so i went out for that but other than that no i am not getting the oxygen sunlight or exercise my body needs yeah requires how do you keep yourself occupied during that time i know you're working on a bunch of podcasts different uh Um, different shows other than this one yeah am i promoting them now no you can if you want to Oh, because one of them didn't happen. One was supposed to happen this weekend, didn't. A five-day week, our replacements podcast was supposed to start Monday, but that that didn't happen. But it could still, right? You're still working. It couldn't still happen Monday. That's in the past. Could still happen eventually. Um, But no, what am I doing? I I work on some stuff. I watch TV. I read comic, digital comic books. Um, Nice. I, I wait out some apocalyptic scenarios. I read the news. Sometimes I go on Instagram. I could keep going, but I don't. What um, I, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, I'm, I know because you told me. There's a there's a segue here. What what? Uh, why do you ask? Uh, well, I was just saying um, there are some things. Something just moved in my room. Sorry about that. Spooky. Yeah. Um, Have you? Are you afraid of no ghosts or afraid of that ghost? I'm afraid of that ghost. Yeah, I'm afraid of some ghosts. Uh, but we've been we've been trying to keep ourselves occupied. You know, I've got the kids here, so so they do school. Um, yeah, I never a, thought they were somewhere else. But about a half I didn't a think day. they're back in the. Pen. The segue I'm trying to get to. My daughter has taken. My oldest daughter has has been doing. She used to do um, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, once a week with some yeah, friends at a comic book game. store. 
Oh, is that where she played them at a comic book store? Yeah, they, they had, uh, well, it's actually a gaming and comic book store, and they had a lot of extra space, and they ran you it out. call that a comic book store. That's gaming. perfectly fine. Um, but um, she's been doing it online now. She's been playing online. Yeah, uh, with her friends. They do a, a Google chat, and uh, they all play. And it takes up the second half of her day. They, they, they've done it like twice a week, uh, at least early on during this pandemic. Uh, they've gone down to once a week because I think it was getting a little exhausting for them. Sure. I, so, um, so she likes role-playing games. Did you play – you and I never did, but did you play role-playing games at all growing up? Dungeons & Dragons, any of the dice games? No, I never played Dungeons & Dragons. There was a game, if I'm remembering it correctly, I think it was called Heroes Quest, which was more of a board game, a board game version of a Dungeons & Dragons type game. The board could be – manipulated you could move it around in different ways you could set it up it had all these three-dimensional parts like you could put uh, a door on a certain square and you could change it every time so it wasn't quite dungeons and dragons but but what it was, was it called i don't i'm not i think it was called it. hero's quest that's cool were you a fantasy fan is that what drew you to it? i was kind of a fan of, of this kind of stuff i, I liked you know if, if there was a b movie on that kind of was in this realm i would watch that and certainly i played this game uh, my friend jeff blihar had this game and we must have played it only three or four times like but in a short amount of time like within a couple months we we kept coming back to it and then we sort of went on to other things is it cool that you're watching your daughter play this game like i i assume that i would have a hard time playing the game if people were around but are you are you getting any bit of how into into it she is how her friends interact with it because it's a great i think I, i'm so happy role-playing games still exist because i love them growing up yeah i mean i think my daughter she kind of i don't know if she's fully um i think she wings it more than you're supposed to sometimes oh well, that's great though as the actually. dungeon master um so i don't know how much prep she does it as the dungeon master but her her campaigns are, are four hours like they play for four hours once amazing? a week now I, I think that's and i think that's awesome and i and you know i do wish i had that focus sometimes to do it because i think it'd be a cool social outing i probably don't have the patience for it anymore sadly but i, I it's it's nice to be talking role-playing games there's a reason Right, you're very oh, always a reason, Tim. I never ask you a question without a reason. No, we really don't talk if it's not about the <laughs> podcast. What? Uh, why? Why ask me that thing? Why? Well, why because on, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that that I had never seen until you told me, and I wasn't even. Well, I was I was peripherally aware of its existence before I knew it existed. Huh? Um. But you were in a loop of some kind. Yeah, you you wanted me to watch uh, a movie this week for our, our episode called Mazes well, I, I watched it too, by the and way. Monsters. But, yes, but what you, was it? What was it called? Uh, Mazes and Monsters. Yes, a TV movie actually. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't realize until I was watching it. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, now, how are you aware of this before you were aware of it? If I'm quoting. Well, there you. was a time I can't tell. I, I must have been in college, but there was a time that I was flipping around channels and i came across a familiar face i saw tom hanks it was young tom hanks turner and hooch's tom hanks yeah and i thought oh is this is this bachelor party no it's not that is it is it is it bosom buddies no i don't i don't think it's that and uh i, I he's sitting there he's out by a, a pond or a lake in my memory and then these kids come up to him and talk to him and then it just gets weird because he starts, and I, I'm kind of spoiling it because this is the end of the movie that I saw. He starts talking in, in this just about this nonsensical stuff. 
that the other kids don't seem to understand, but then they do, and then it fades out, and the movie's over. And I was always curious, and this was pre-internet, pre, like, I mean, the internet existed, but I didn't have complete access to it. I think you had access to it in your room. Um, but um, I didn't know what movie it was. And I've always kind of tried to check it out and see what, what it is. And as I was watching this for the first time, I was like, you know what? I think this is that movie. Oh, okay. So even up until seeing it, you you had no idea. Yeah, not until the very end. I, I even said to my wife, uh, I said, hey, if this movie ends with Tom <laughs> Hanks by a, by a lake, then I've just answered a puzzle that's haunted me for 20 years. What do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far-out game. Swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? Mazes and Monsters was a 1982 TV movie about, um, about what, four college friends? Yeah. Kind of obsessed with uh, role-playing, right? And Tom Hanks, is uh, he was the main character. He's a character named Robbie. I was surprised that a lot of people, I posted a little bit before recording that we were going to talk about this week, a lot of people know this movie. A lot of people seem to remember this being on TV, seem to have seen it, if, if not in its original airing in a rerun. And a lot of people, the comment I kept getting was that people were terrified of this movie. People were shaken and scared. Well, the people you're talking about were were kids at the time. If they Probably, saw it, yeah, our age yeah. or maybe a little older than us, yeah, yeah. So, so um, that will affect you. I mean, there are some creepy things in this, depending on your level of exposure to creepiness. If this is one of your early exposures to creepiness, there's some creepy stuff. It's a TV I mean, movie. How, yeah. How, how creepy were TV movies in the 80s? Like, were TV well, movies something you watched in the 80s? Do you remember the whole – because it was kind of a phenomena at that point, I feel like. Um, I don't know that I did really watch too many. Oh. There, were, there were a few, uh, I'm they sure. They were the lifetime movie of their days. Yeah, but no, I, I was more of a uh, – what was it? The Sunday night mystery movies where it would switch between a Columbo one week and a BL striker the next week oh. and then and then something else uh, the following week and then back to Columbo. I watched those more than anything that I can remember. BL striker. Was that Burt Reynolds? It was. Great job. Great job, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> um, well, okay, but this movie, so why you're agreeing that it could be scary for kids what's what's it about what's what what's do so, that and then kind of get into it a yeah bit. you said it was about these college kids that were into uh, a dungeons and dragons type role-playing game actually called mazes and monsters right i'm sorry the title of the movie yes. yeah and um it's just kind of following them going through it they're all struggling with various issues as we meet them we find that their their family lives are kind of screwed up um, so you can see that maybe they were drawn to this game because their family life, their reality was a little, um, messy. And so they've what gone. What age in, are we talking? Is this like a second year of college, maybe thing? Cause we've got second, Tom it, Hanks. It's at Tom least Hanks. a second because Tom Hanks had been previously kicked out of college. The previous college he'd gone to. He's new to this college. Robbie. His character's yeah, name his is character Robbie. His character is Robbie. Um, we also meet JJ. Oh. Um, Wearer of hats. Yes, probably too many hats. He starts the frankly. movie wearing a Viking helmet, correct? 
that or a Kaiser helmet, some sort of a pointy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Helmet. It's like yeah. A, a metal military helmet. Yeah. Um, um, and nobody references it. Nobody says a thing about it. Well, because he's quirky. We're yeah. supposed to see that JJ is quirky. He's younger. It took me a little while to realize this. He's a high school age kid who skipped some grades into college. Yeah, that's kind of just thrown in there at one point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. Don't know that it matters necessarily. Well, I think it matters because otherwise his behavior, I, we'll need to get into it because I, I was very, I didn't like this character, but also I had trouble with this character. Like I thought he was poised to be the main troubled character. He He's gets, the first person we meet in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right. He has a weird relationship with his mom. His mom has redesigned his bedroom with all these bird cages. Um, no, not bird cages. Um, he, it's basically very <clears throat> minimalistic. Oh, okay. Um, bird cages are something else. Where yes, the bird from? cages. Um, his he he has a bird. Right, uh, a speaking bird, a speaking role. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, basically, his mom has done this to his room every time he leaves for college or leaves for whatever. Um, she redoes his room in a style that he does not like, and he feels invisible to her, like. Um, it, so clearly, like you meet him and you're like, okay, this is a troubled character. He's got something going on. Um, and he's the first character. So, yeah, I, I also thought he was going to be the main character. Yep. And, and who else? There's two other main characters. Because we got Robbie, who is, shows up last. We'll get to him. He's the most recognizable actor. Tom Hanks, JJ. We meet uh, Kate, mm-hmm. um, who also has some issues going on. <clears throat> her mother's, um, her father had left. And so there's issues there. And I remember, um, I don't have the complete notes. Maybe you do. I hear you took a lot of notes. I did take a lot of notes during my viewing of Mazes and Monsters. Yeah, <laughs> she's, um, well, I mean, she, her father did die. She, she's the, there's a little, she, her character seems to be there to almost comment on sexism in the 80s, I felt like. Okay. Um, like she kind of has, she's an outsider. All these characters are supposed to be outsiders. She has a line. This is something that I was hoping they would actually follow through with. When you meet her, it's her and her mom talking about how her father's left. And her mom, I think, is really trying to relate to her like they're friends kind of things. And and Kate actually has a line. She's talking about college. She mentions how bright girls scare them. She's talking about how she has trouble connecting with people. She also wants to be a writer, which is the shorthand of film to show that somebody's an outsider. But there, there's an aspect to her where I... It almost seems, and this sounds non-progressive to say that, but it seems progressive for the time that they would put a female in the group, a woman in the group to play this game, which I think happened a lot, but I don't think it was viewed that way. We're going to get into it a bit. This movie has a weird view of role-playing games. But um, I don't know. She is, I think she's there. She has trouble. All these characters have trouble relating to people. And it, I, th- I thought it was at least interesting that the the angle that she kind of had with that was... That the fact that she was an attractive, intelligent girl made her difficult, made it difficult for people to approach her. Did you get any of that? Am I am I pulling too much out of the character with no, that? No, no, no. That's 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 kind of what I recall as well. Yeah, and that's interesting. They don't really follow through with it much, but no, but they did establish, and they did they do this with everyone. They do establish that there's some quirkiness to each character, something uh, difficult in their lives, whether it's. You What's know. the fourth character? There's a character named Daniel. What's his quirk? What's his difficulty? So, so Daniel has a, it's another parent relationship issue. Um, in fact, they're all kind of parent relationship issues. Sure. Um, Daniel does not want to follow in his father's footsteps. Um, I can't recall what business line it is, finance or something. Um, he, they're very 
proper and you've got to, you know, you're, you're wasting your life. And Daniel just wants to make games. Um, he wants to become a, a gamer. Uh, I guess it was an early version of video games he was yeah, talking about at one point. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. That was already a career people wanted. His yeah. dad, by the way, is Fox Mulder's dad, Peter Donnett. Um, Fox Mulder should have come back and investigated this situation. <laughs> as opposed to who ends up investigating the situation. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that in a moment. But but does the look at Daniel for a minute? Yeah, he's he wants to program games. He's also sort of a blonde Aryan jock. Yeah, which is a problem for him. I was gonna say, if I remember the eighties properly, blonde Aryan jocks had it pretty easy, but it's hard for him. Yeah. Nobody can approach him. You'd think that he was great with women, but he's not. He sleeps around with women, though. Uh, is that does he? I think he says he, he's sleeping around because women never take him seriously. Oh, it's a weird twist on Kate's thing, and yet somehow I'll t- I, I'll accept it as a characteristic characteristic in Kate. Daniel seemed very entitled as a problem yeah. child. Like he didn't actually. I, it, it it sucks. It sucks to not have a parent supporting you. But I don't know. Did you like him as a character? Um, I, I don't think there were too many characters in this that I really liked, but no, I didn't, I didn't really connect with Daniel or care for Daniel. Did you connect with any of these four though? I mean, I guess I kind of connected with Robbie because it's Tom Hanks. So that's not the character that's, that's an yeah, issue of that the might actor. Be it. But I mean, he had the most sort of seemingly realistic, he had a lot more going on. So we meet Robbie fourth. He also has issues with his parents. His parents clearly hate each other. His mother's a drunk. Um, the father is just military, military, what am I militaristic, militaristic. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and I don't know if we learn it when we first meet him, but we learn it eventually. He has an older brother that has disappeared. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I might've related to Robbie more because he seemed like the most, uh, normal in a way, like the, the most realistic I guess is what I'm trying to say. I guess. But again, I think it's because he's Tom Hanks. I didn't like any of these characters. Right off the bat, um, this movie reeks of like sensationalized television, which isn't new. Or I mean, that's a- what TV movies of the week were, Yeah, right? I guess. But yes, you're right. It's just watching this now and watching a movie that's supposed to be about four kids. I mean, this is clearly written by adults. I think it's written for adults because I these aren't this isn't how kids act. I feel like they're trying to create kids to fit into this plot a little bit. It's weird because when I think of the 80s, I think of things like Square Pegs, John Hughes movies, Heather's movies, you know, which this movie reminds me why those were groundbreaking because, you know, whether or not they were fully accurate towards how we as kids were talking they at least gave complex voices to their characters and interactions to their characters and i think this movie really struggles to even give their four characters any sort of voice which yeah becomes complicated because again yeah this is a tv movie so you know at some point there's going to be some drama there's going to be a message and i don't know if the movie knows what side it wants to uh to fall on yeah there's a lot a lot of different angles happening well, what happens? Like, they all kind of meet together in college, and three of them, uh, Kate, JJ, and uh, Daniel, had gone to college the previous year, and they kind of formed a role-playing game circle. 
and Robbie kind of comes to the party and he's, you know, he's, he's, or comes to the college, excuse me. And he's, he's anxious, he's quiet, but the role-playing game is kind of their secret language. Yeah. And how did you feel about this? Once, once they start talking about the role-playing game and they're throwing terminology around, how did that sit with you? Um, it, it didn't, it seemed, you know, kind of forced. I mean, it's, it's, they couldn't quite say, I mean, I would assume that the, the uh, writers here did some research with Dungeons and Dragons, but they couldn't quite use Dungeons and Dragons terms. Do you think they did? I, I mean, maybe they read the back of the, the book. The book. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's how I talk about Raskolnikov and crime and punishment and all that. But yeah. So yeah, it did seem a little contrived and, and silly. Um, and then when they did their first uh, game, and it was so serious. Yeah, they, they, they light all these candles. Yeah. They set up their board. They each introduce their character in the voice. You know, I am so-and-so, such-and-such, and, um, you know, this is Which my tragic story. Which I thought were very bland names, so-and-so and such-and-such. It's weird that two of them would be named so-and-so. Right. You would think there'd be some variety to it. I am the maze controller, the god of this universe I have created, the absolute authority. Only I know the perilous course which you are about to take. Your fate is in my hands. I am Glacia the fighter. I have great strength and courage, strong armor, many weapons, and I have won the mighty talking sword of Lothia. I am Freelic, the frenetic of Glossomere. The cleverest of all sprites, not so strong, with enough tricks and powers to take me far and keep me safe. I am Pardieu, a holy man. In reaching the ninth level, I have acquired many magic spells and charms, the greatest of which is the Graven Eye of Timur. But I also have a sword, which I only use should my magic fail me. They're taking it very seriously, and while I found that laughable, there might be some truth in that. Sure. I mean, that might be how some people approach it, but it didn't feel, because I've played Dungeons and Dragons, my own experience of it, yeah, it didn't feel like this is how it works. This is how the game is presented, but it's how they present that. I mean, coupled with them being in college, did you find their life at college relatable? Did it seem realistic how they were existing in the dorms? No, not at all. No. There was um, a very disturbing <laughs> section uh, where Robbie, who had his own dorm room. It is a dormitory, right? It's not apartments it, they live on an on-campus I got dorm. the impression it's a dorm. I mean, the rooms apparently are huge. Yeah, no, it's a very nice setup. That, yeah, it's like they have a, a living room and a bedroom and a bathroom. Which um, you had in college. You had the suites that surround like well, a Well, we had the space. suites, but these weren't suites. These were just one room. You know, this was behind one door. It wasn't like you went into the door and then you had access to a, to an area and then your bedroom was off to the side. This was one person's thing. And yeah, um, Robbie at one point starts uh, dating Kate. Yeah, Robbie and Kate very quickly kind of relate. I mean, I, 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 and I think that's how we learned that Robbie um, had an older brother who went missing because that, that's how they, that's their shorthand for falling in love. He tells her about a tragedy in his life. Yeah. Which I guess is believable. I mean, college worked that way. You share something, it brings you closer. I could see that. But like the environment themselves, I mean, we never go to a class, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, and then 
uh, Robbie has this whole interaction with Kate where he has changed his bed from, I guess, a single to a double somehow so they could move in together. And Shortly just, after they started. One song montage after they started dating. Yeah, the love theme from Mazes and Monsters. I hope you have a, a cut of that at some point. It's surprisingly this, hard to find. I actually had to run down what the title was, and I'll have to look that up because I've lost good, that. Good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's like that's not a thing you do in a college dorm. So that was weird and, and out of place. But it's also the first sign that maybe something's up with Robbie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I took it that way as well. Um, but Kate didn't seem... I don't know. It was hard to to judge if Kate was, like, taking that as a sign that Robbie's fucked up or that, no, 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 we, I'm too, it's too soon. Well, I think it's that because they break up, don't they? I don't know if they do break up immediately around that point. Um, they break up after Robbie starts to lose it. They do. Yeah. Well, let's track this because from the, how the movie began, I thought J.J. was going to be the kid in trouble, which kind of makes sense. He's the younger one. I felt like he was sort of the outcast with his... He seemed to have difficulty interacting with people. He seemed to be almost robotic in his the ways that he lived. And he has a monologue partway through the movie about suicide. With his bird. He's talking to his, his bird. He has a if parrot remember, yeah. whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, Merlin. Poor for all these notes. Is it Merlin? Oh, of course it's Merlin. Well, I guess that makes sense. So they're giving us some signs that maybe he's got some trouble. And I thought that, I mean, I, I thought he was a tragic figure. I felt bad for him. Yeah. The kid who, who portrayed him maybe did a good job. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's just, he seems so sad and sullen until he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It just flipped. It, it was... It was really like just a, a plot device to get you to think one thing and then spring Robbie on you. I guess so, because they play their role-playing games. He has his little suicidal monologue in a cave. Is that right? No, wait. He goes to a cave. He, he has a monologue in his room alone, and then he was trying well, to Merlin think of— Merlin is there. Yeah, he's trying to think of a way to stand out, and he decides to go to the cave, likely to commit suicide in the cave. That's what I— I don't want to say hope, thought. That's what I was pushing for. <laughs> yeah. Caves are no laughing matter, I realize. But right, still. right. But instead, the, the cave impresses him so much, he, he decides to live. And from that point on, he's kind of, well, he's not okay. Because what does he do? He suggests that they role play in the caves. Yeah. Um, and he takes it a little step further, too. Instead of sitting there and just playing the game in the cave, he makes the cave the maze that they actually physically have to go through. And he puts some props in there. He um, puts a skeleton He in puts there. one prop in there. Um, I think we're supposed to presume that, that there was it was much more elaborate than that, the way they've talked about it. But the, the budget could only do one fake skeleton. Also, a kid in college at that point could probably also only do one skeleton. What, right. How elaborate could this game really be? Right. His voice is being broadcast around, but they all do go to role play in costume, LARP as it's called, uh, there in the caves. And that's when I think we get a little hint or a little more of a hint that something with Robbie, Tom Hanks, might be a little off because Robbie encounters a monster of sorts. He does. A real-life monster. Now, what did you think of that? Because when he comes out, I thought, okay, that's a great costume. <laughs> um, I mean, the yeah, the effect wasn't superb. 
Uh, but you know, TV movie from the eighties. But but I was thinking that that that's JJ. That's part of the the the, the maze. Um, yeah, at first I I thought maybe that was that was arranged, <clears throat> but then um, as it progressed, and you know trick of the camera and they would flash to, to Robbie and, and you'd see nothing is actually there. And then you'd flash back to what Robbie was seeing and there's the monster. Um, they, they didn't make it too spooky for too long or, or too unknown for too long, I guess. Um, but yeah, you could see that Robbie actually got into it, I guess, got really into the game and started to see monsters, called for his friends. They came and they thought he was just play acting, role playing and, uh, uh, but you and I, as the the viewers at home, knew that nope, something something else was going on. Something's up with Robbie. He's nuts. <laughs> that's sort of where I guess the movie takes off. But that's weird because up to to that point, it seems like JJ is the character we're going to fall. It seems like we're supposed to be surprised by Robbie's turn. That we can't believe what happened to Robbie. And and, and what? How does it progress? I mean, like from there. Yeah, uh, Robbie starts to have dreams. And the mm-hmm. dreams give him clues as to what his quest is. He, uh, his character is a holy man. Um, and so he needs to be more pious and, and just uh, become uh, one with his quest. And he starts to, in real life, outside of the game, um, be his character. Once you gloried in killing, now you are of a higher level. To attain the highest level, you must be holy in all your life. You must be pious, humble, celibate. But I walk with Glacier the Fighter! The holy man must walk alone. No, wait, please, the great hall, I need you. When you are worthy, then you will come to the two towers and be one with the great hall. Wait, hall, please, wait! They keep playing the game, I guess, once in a while, uh, but Robbie takes it too far. He starts uh, drawing maps and and writing down uh, clues about uh, the Great Hall and the 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 Twin Tower or something to that effect. All and, your favorite fantasy terms. Yeah. Um, and so eventually, at some point, I believe it was a Halloween costume party. He just leaves. He just disappears, and it becomes a whole big thing. So there's like another. I don't know, 20 to 40 minutes of trying to figure out what happened to Robbie. At least it felt that long. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're watching this kid break down. We're watching Robbie fall apart. Um, and it's Tom Hanks. So, is it good? Is he good in there's this? Some, there's some good moments. There's some Tom yeah. Hanks moments in there. There's also some some bachelor party Tom Hanks moments in there. There's Well, that, I mean, this movie aired... Um, End of 82, December 28th, I think was the year date, 1982. So that's that's after Bosom Buddies aired. That's after two seasons of Bosom Buddies on TV. 
probably right before Bachelor Party, if I'm guessing on the year. It's well before Splash. Where is Tom Hanks at this point in his career? Because I'm not... I liked him at the beginning. I thought he was charming. I'm not convinced he's playing a kid breaking down very well. Yeah, it's it's a lot of blank stares. Um, I, I thought, you know, and maybe I'm jumping too far ahead. If, if, if I am, let me know. But I thought, you know, there's some good moments um, uh, where he ends up. Um, if I'm giving anything away here, he ends up in New York City. This is where yeah, we find well, him. Let's let's hold on. But I know okay. it's answering my question. But to get to that, we do have to find the heart of the story, which is once he goes missing. When Robbie goes missing, they call in a detective to try to find him. We saw this. The movie opens with this, and then they flash back to it again. But they they bring in the law. They bring in a researcher. They bring in someone basically there to start spouting the. Um, Seduction of the innocent sort of reefer madness bullshit about how dangerous mazes and monsters is. Yeah. He gets he he he's there to explain the game, to explain to the audience the evils of the game, and I feel like he's there to pretty much damn this role-playing game. Yeah, he's pretty dismissive of it. Um and yeah, that's that's how that's how I see it too. Going into this, did you figure that was the angle of this was going to be a cautionary tale about role playing games? Um, I mean, uh, not not really. No, to, to be honest, um, until you said that, <laughs> um, you you kind of brought that angle in just as we were conversating about it. Um, to the point, honestly, where the way you described it, I almost thought Mazes and Monsters was going to be uh, a, like a documentary about. Uh, role-playing games um so um pleasantly surprised that it wasn't do you remember this happening in the 80s do you remember there being a panic towards role-playing games i don't remember the role-playing game panic i remember some other panics um i remember satanic panic what was satanic panic uh, just that there were these cults and groups of of satan worshipers almost everywhere that's that's how i grew up i just believe that that was if there was woods somewhere there were satan worshipers in those woods um, where were you hearing about that what was forming this oh opinion? gosh it's it's hard to say i think i caught some things on the evening news i think this there was, was in the news yeah it this was in the news just... there were um there were articles um in the newspaper which you were reading at nine and ten well you know the comics and you see satan you you check that out i guess so there was it's, a high and low about satanic high. panic um, and then I think the kids, I think there was just rumors and, and, and kids uh, telling stories and stuff. Well, but kids will tell stories. That happens. Yeah. And, and there is something to that, too. I'm just, I don't remember this, but there apparently was a big controversy towards these rolling playing games. In fact, this movie, Mazes and Monsters, um, is an adaptation of a book by the same name by Rona Jaffe. Um, from 1981. And that book is based on a supposed, well, not supposed, it is based on a real occurrence, a real event that happened in the 70s. What was that event? Oh, did, did you did you not read about it? I can, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, um, so the author, Rona Jaffe, wrote this book in 81. She based it on a story um, uh, uh, from the mid-70s, late 70s, I think, 78, 79, an account of an indiv- of a kid, 16-year-old kid named James Dallas Egbert uh, the third. 
He was a student at Michigan State. Um, so I kind of thought that JJ would have been based on that from how I was reading it. But um, he was an advanced placement college kid who, um, in August of 1979, went missing uh, from the school. Um, he suddenly, no one was hearing from him. No one had seen him for days. So his parents, long distance, hired a private investigator uh, by the name of William Deere. And what this investigator uncovered was that uh, this kid, James Dallas Egbert III, was a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. And that apparently he was involved in these live action uh, role playing sessions that took place, strangely, in these subterranean steam tunnels, kind of underneath the college. Okay. Um, and this story kind of caught the nation's attention, you know, because it was uh, this kid missing. And people were wondering if it was possibly foul play. And uh, how somehow it, you know, it came out that, yeah, he was a fan of Dungeons and Dragons. And so that game was sort of brought to task. They were saying that they were accusing this game of being capable of like staging scenarios where impressionable kids could, could, could take things too far. Yeah. And I think, you know, this movie is dramatizing that. But an important thing to remember, I feel like specifically... You know, with the whole media storm that follows, is that the private detective um, who who kind of came to this actually knew nothing. This William Deere character knew nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. He was surmising bits from what he heard. And there's a scene at the start of this movie where a detective is kind of explaining what mazes and monsters is. And if you know the game Dungeons and Dragons, that explanation doesn't tell you anything. He was grasping at things based on a little information, but like the nation and parents and religious groups and everything, they kind of took this as what the game represented. I mean, do you get the, we were already saying, we, this movie isn't a good representation. It's it's just kind of like this this guesswork, but it, it, it makes it seem like it's such a threatening right. kind, of, uh, kind of game. Because how does the movie progress? Um, so... Yeah, so they, they the detective comes in and starts to well, the starts to ask questions, and the other three, JJ, Kate, and Daniel, um, don't want to tell him uh, about the role playing game. Necessarily. So they are scared about it. Yeah, they had to uh, empty out the the cave um, to make sure that uh, there was no sign of of them being in there because they thought, for one, they thought Robbie might be dead inside the cave at first. <laughs> Um, but then, they, so they cleared everything out. They had to be anonymous when they gave different information. I think at some point they did give him an anonymous packet about mazes and monsters, thinking that would help them find Robbie. Um, now, were you feeling the tension of this? Was this no, interesting to you? No, as not at all. No. It was, it was supposed to be. Um, well, yes, but as but, an audience member, what are you thinking watching this? Uh, I'm just like, like to me, it's it's kind of pretty obvious um, where everything is heading before everybody figures it out. Um, and so for me, it was just, I was trying to find, like you're saying the point, like, yeah, the detective is there to sort of, you know, say, oh, this is the reason Mazes and Monsters is such a terrible game. It's, it's is led he a him. good detective and a heroic character? Uh, no, that's the thing. It's like, there's nobody to latch onto here as, as the voice of, of the movie. There's, there's no theme. There's no, um, um, Angle? Like, I don't know. Because you're mostly with the kids, so you're supposedly rooting for them. And so you're kind of on their side in this whole thing a a little bit. Um, 
the detective is just a, a terrible. Um, and, and so you're not really rooting for him. He's not actually solving anything. And it, I think the last we see him, he just says, yeah, he's probably dead. <laughs> I believe he, he does. I yeah. think that's his decision. Yep. Um, um, but what do the kids do then? The kids eventually start to put some clues together. Um, they find his map which isn't a map of the game. So they think it might be something else and they look at it and it's to search for the great hall and then click. Oh my God, his brother who went missing, his name was hall. Oh, that's um, right. So there, they put that together and then he disappeared. And I think he called or sent a letter once to Robbie from New York city. And then you've got the two towers, which they do mention, um, uh, Lord of the, the Rings. World Trade Center Towers. Well, yeah, yeah. So they mentioned Lord of the Rings. It's like, oh, that could it be that? But then they're like, no, it's it's New York City. Um, and so they end up trying to, you know, they, they kind of are closing in on it. But before they can even figure it out, Robbie calls them. <sighs> um, so they figured out, and, and it's really, again, for the audience, they kind of figured out. So then, boom, we jump to New York City, and now we join Robbie, who has been off screen for like 15, 20 minutes. And so, his who is hilariously walking around New York, almost getting mugged. Yeah. Stabbing a guy. Because he's delusional. It's the monster again. Mm-hmm. Who, a guy who was trying to mug him. So yeah. he's not going to jail. But yeah, he's he's snapped. He's cracked. He's this is And this is what I thought the movie was going to be about. He can't separate fact from fantasy he can't separate his life in the game from his life in the real world and i it only seemed plausible because that's where i thought the film was going it's not really set up well it's not really presented well but the kid the other three kids eventually make their way to new york to uh to rescue him, I guess. And there's a yeah. lot of going up and down elevators. You see oh a lot God. of this elevator at the oh World Trade God. Center. That I I I want to kind of if I had the time and ability, maybe I have the time, but I don't have the ability to loop that ten minute scene of no talking and just watching people go up escalators and elevators. Then go down escalators in elevators, then realize he is actually up. So they go back up escalators in elevators. If I could just loop that, it would be like a Zen thing to watch for me. And after the 40 minutes of that, they do find him on the roof. Yeah. Uh, so he's on the roof. And I can't remember why, what his purpose there was, if he was going to use a spell to fly or something, and they they talk him down, and they talk him out of the delusion and into the reality, and they 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 get him some help. They get him home, and we cut to a year later or something to that effect. Um, and the three of them, JJ, Kate, and Daniel, are going to visit Robbie. Um, Seems kind of optimistic. They're here to see their friend. Totally. Rough time, but they, they're going to see him. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and they, they meet his mom, uh, who's at the door, and she's like, oh, he's so much better. He's in the back. He's going to love seeing you guys. Things are going great. Um, and it's weird. And I made this I, – I thought about this. It's like that's not the mom from the beginning. She was a terror. She was an alcoholic. She was screaming and yelling. She didn't like anything that was going on in her life. So it was like weird that that was 
how she reacted. But it's a year later. People change. The dad's not around. Uh, and then they go back to the lake, the pond where I first saw this scene. Oh, yeah. This is the clip that you remember. Yeah. Robbie. Oh, you look terrific. Yeah, you really do. Freelich. Aren't you dead? Didn't you die when you leaped into the pit? Hey, come on, Robbie. Stop pulling around. It is you, Freelick. You have been restored to the living. Whoever did that is a great holy man. A greater holy man even than I. Oh, Glacier. Nimble, too. Perhaps you are preparing for yet another quest? Glacier, has someone placed a spell of forgetfulness on you? I am Pardieu, the holy man. I've had many strange encounters since last we met. A great dragon, a Gorville. This is a good place to stay. Some fine Tom Hanks accent. Work. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, dude, he's he's not better. What the fuck? And um, he wants to finish the quest, and he knows of a place yonder past the breach. And uh, slowly they go with it. And give him one more, one more quest, and they play the game one more time with him, and I I can't even quite remember how it ends after that. I think she wrote a book about it. No, no, no. She had already written the book about it. I don't know. Um, I think they just say, and we played one last game with this deluded yeah. individual who somehow is only in the game now. Yeah, he's only in the game now. His mother, I'm presuming, is still an alcoholic and also delusional. Um, and yeah, it just sort of ends that way, but let's, we can guess what happens, but we don't know. I guess he just lives that way forever. So what's the point of this movie? What's its takeaway? What's its stance? I don't know. I think, you know, there is that hint of that this is, this game is a problem and this is a warning, uh, but it's not much of a warning because three other people played the game and turned out just fine and wrote a book. Yeah, but I think we're supposed to be attached to J- um, Robbie. Robbie, Tom, thank you, the Tom Hanks character. And I think I was kind of surprised by that ending because I thought that it was going to be like friendships help them, and he gets help. But yeah, this the, the I do think suddenly at the end of the movie, it's as if that detective for before leaned into the whoever was writing and saying, "By the way, this is garbage. <laughs> this game is going to get them." And 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 I do think this movie, and this is what I find odd, is the people who um, who were talking, the, the friends of ours and stuff who, who said they remember this movie were scared. One of them actually said was scared of Dungeons and Dragons for a few years, scared off of it. Sure. Because of this film. Yeah. Well, because it is not a great film, mm-hmm. but it's it's good enough for kids. You know, like it's going oh, to aimed at kids. It's going to it's no, it's not aimed at kids. But if a kid watched it, it would frighten them. You know, it's yeah. not going to frighten us. It doesn't bother us to watch this. But I think it could bother a kid because. I mean, you are seeing monsters that aren't there. They might not be the scariest looking things, but, you know, that's that's a frightening concept. Um, and you are seeing a person break down and go from living in this fantasy world to seeing monsters and, and attacking them and cutting people and, and, and stabbing people in real life and then dropping out of it and being covered in blood and not know how he got to New York city and calling his friends and crying. And 
for a kid, that, that's pretty intense stuff. So I can see how that would affect a kid. And I mean, that's what it, it's unfortunate that this wasn't one of our uh, retro shocks, because if we had gone back to it, we might have had the same same scenario where, you know, oh, wow, it really bothered me as a kid. Now, do you think any of the impact of it comes from it being based on something that happened, being based on a real event? I don't know if it did at that time, because I didn't know about that event. Um, had I seen this movie, I wouldn't have known it was based on a real event. Oh, see, I thought that was a big part of the promotion. I Again, I I don't know if, if it was, and if I saw that promotion, then maybe it would have had an effect, but I, I couldn't tell you. Because what happened with the original disappearance, like several weeks that, like several weeks passed that James Daniel Egbert III remained missing. Um, eventually, William Deere, the investigator, in, in the real time, the real story, received a telephone call. Um, and in it, it was from James, and he revealed his current loga- location. William Deere, the detective, went and retrieved James, brought him back to family custody, um, you know, about seven weeks after he went missing. And, you know, in that sense, the detective did his job, brought him back. Tragically, um, the following summer of 1980, James Daniel Egbert III, this Dungeons and Dragons junkie who had gotten lost in the fantasy ways of role-playing, took his own life. Tragic and sad, not surprising, but he he took his own life. and what is surprising from this is that the detective, William Deere, could have anticipated this. He could have probably even helped stop this. He could have done something to help out with this. Because it turns out, when uh, in the real story, when William Deere went to bring James back, James confessed to him that he initially went missing due to a failed suicide attempt. He had overdosed on some sedatives, and when he woke in the morning, and he was still alive he went into hiding at a friend's house so once that manhunt like for him intensified he remained hidden kind of moving from friends to friend's house um, and eventually took off to another state where he finally contacted William Deere that he was ready to return but when he confessed all this to the detective when he told him all this he asked that the detective not share the information about it being a suicide attempt and if he could instead keep it a secret which the detective did um, until publishing a book four years after James' death. I mentioned that, or I bring that up in, in watching this and researching it, because I think that's indicative of how we try to blame concepts, fiction and entertainment with these panics. You know, Elvis will make you a slut, or the Teletubbies have a gay ag- agenda or whatever. And I just, this movie, I think, is doing that. This movie is just as lazy as William Deere in that it sets up a story maybe about kids in college and, hey, they come together, but, hey, he's got a problem, but, hey, they save him. But at the end, it's kind of like the game broke him. And I just, I don't, I don't get that. You know, that's not fair to the game. That's not fair to the concept of the game. And it's not even fair to the story that you're telling. I think the movie, whether it meant to or not, also is showing that the real world is to blame. How is it, though? Again, I don't know if it meant to, but when we meet all of these kids, they have family issues. They have issues with their parents. They have family issues going on, uh, including Robbie. Robbie has other issues going on in the real world in that his brother has disappeared, left without a trace, left without saying goodbye, somebody he looked up to. 
And so there's that problem in his life as well. And it's, yeah, the game was there. And the game in this story, we keep saying the game broke him. (laughs) But the game was somewhere to go because in his real life, nobody else was helping him. Nobody was recognizing the issues that he was dealing with. Nobody, I'm sure he wasn't going to therapy. Um, Nobody suggested that. Um, Instead, you just have a a dad who's constantly yelling and demanding of him. You have a mother who is uh, drunk and yelling and fighting with the the father. Nobody's paying attention to Robbie. Nobody is trying to acknowledge the fact that my brother, the the crazy parent's son, has disappeared. Um, So there's there's a lot going on in each of these characters' lives that, that pushes them to the game and then Robbie has more going on and more issues and more problems and he just couldn't take it anymore and the game kind of was an escape for him and he took it too far but it I don't see if I'm just looking at the movie itself I don't see it as the game being the problem I see it as nobody just like you were saying that detective didn't do what a person should try and do when he sees somebody with problems and and try and help them as best they can whatever that might be Nobody was helping Robbie in the real world. And so I see, again, whether it intended to or not, there's a clear message in here that I'm picking up that the real world needs to be addressed because it could lead to suicide and problems and issues. I mean, I'd like to think that. I'd like that interpretation of it better. I think this movie is out to make it scary. But I'm very confused by the ending because... It is. It's uncomfortable to watch the three friends accept Robbie's mindset and play along with it. That actually is. That is the one point where I'm like, well, that maybe you don't indulge that delusion right now. But that is how the movie ends. Yeah, there was there was a scene, and I wrote it down that I think um, uh, not a scene. I'm not even sure what scene this was said, but there was a line of dialogue that I think was the mission statement uh, of the movie. But even this mission statement, as I'm rereading it, is kind of ambiguous. Um, I wrote this down. The most frightening monsters are the ones that exist in our minds. Well, what does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it seemed like, yeah, this is the message that they want to get across, but it's still wholly open to interpretation. Like, what does that mean? It could mean that, you know, Robbie is dealing with these demons um, and the, that's what's in his mind. And that's the, what the real monsters are, not this game. But the fact that he's got parents that are driving him nuts and a, and a brother that's disappeared and nobody is helping him cope with that in the real world. But I don't think that's what the point of the movie was. I do think it's it's more what 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 you're going to. Is it weird to find it laughable? Is it weird that I got much entertainment? I watched this movie by myself and I just talked at it the whole time and mocked it. Well, I mean, it's it's not a great, well done movie. Um, there are lots of silly lame things going on um i think at the heart of it there's kind of a neat idea but it's just not executed very well i don't know i i'm not sure what to make i'm not sure why we watched this for the show now (laughs) but we did tim we did we did watch it (laughs) and you listen to it everyone jokes on all of you (laughs) but you want a couple more jokes on you if you like listening (laughs) oh my god Wow, I'm all out of water too. Look, that's our show. That's what I'm gonna oh, say. Man. And if you want to hear us not cough through something, 
or not discuss a role-playing game TV movie, then check out uh, 20th Century Pop at uh, NAHPODS, N-A-H-PODS.com, the Not A Hologram podcast uh, website. There you can always find the most recent episodes streaming, as well as links to all of our past episodes. Plus, if you liked the show or thought you did and want to like it again, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, multiple podcast routes um do that that's always helpful that way you get a new episode um every week or every other week and on the off weeks we we, we, we do reruns bob this is going the best it could go um ever ever it's ever right yeah um people can follow us to tell us that yeah that was pretty great on twitter at uh 20 popcast they can also follow us on instagram to see pictures to see pictures of how well it went also at (laughs) 20 popcast bob what would you say at this point? Holy um, I'll fuck say my is what I would say. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? What, is, what? I derailed oh. everything. But well, yeah, what would you say at this point? I would say that we like to end the show the same way we begin it, <laughs> uh, but also but we didn't. Um, I like to hear from people. <laughs> um, I don't often, but I'd like to hear from people. Um, I'm at RH Canning uh, on Twitter. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly or, or, or 20 podcast uh, Twitter feed, let us know if you saw this movie <laughs> as a kid. We've already heard from some folks. We'd love to hear from, from more. Your take. Um, and uh, you, take. Can, you can try and watch it now and, and see if it lives up to, to the fear that it may have uh, um, brought you as a child. Yes, yeah, on Amazon Prime. It's also free to watch um, officially on YouTube just with some commercials. So if YouTube needs a little promotion, <laughs> there, you there, go. there you go. Jesus. There you go. And they're not paying us a thing. No, so. nor should they. <laughs> Judging from the preceding they. hour. No. No need. You know, someday we will uh, we'll record these, Tim. I'll put up my phone here. I'll record my half, and you can record your half, and we can put this on YouTube. We can actually show people the, the magnificence of recording this podcast. Or we could we could cut in some magnificent footage of someone recording a podcast and then just dub ourselves over that. That's a, that's a better idea. That's a great idea. You know what I would love actually someday, Tim? To restart this episode? You got you, it. Let me hit the right now. What would you love someday? I would love for you to take one of our podcasts, whatever episode fits best, and um, put it, dub it over a loop of people going up and down <laughs> escalators and elevators for uh, 50 minutes. <laughs> that's, that would be great. All right. And relevant. I have the time. If only I had... I'm not going to say the talent. I'll just say talent. Are you ready? I think I'm ready, sir. Are you ready? Uh, yes. I don't know if you can tell. I got closer to the mic. I, I could tell. You can't? Okay, so it gets loud. It does. Okay. What if I get, what if I move further away like this? Does this sound any different? Uh, that sounds like I, you're closer. I, I was. Yeah. I was close. I was lying. All right. Well, I'm going to keep it at my normal distance because that probably works best. Unless you think, unless you think this sounds better. <sighs> no, that doesn't sound better. <laughs> <laughs>